Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the Vice Chair of Education for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for being here with us this week, Dr. Maurice. Oh, it's my pleasure. So there's been a lot that's happened since we last spoke, uh, including a new partnership with Minnesota State Leadership and other state laboratories to provide COVID-19 testing for Minnesotans. Can you tell us more about this partnership and how it evolved? Yeah, I, I would love to. It's been a rather interesting story. So uh, really since the onset of the pandemic, Mayo Clinic has been really prioritizing making our testing capacity available to our colleagues across the state of Minnesota uh, to support the other health systems and their needs for COVID testing. Uh, and so really it's been challenging to make that our capacity available to them for a number of reasons, including logistics uh, and coordination, which are really the primary barriers. And so we've been in dialogue with Commissioner Malcolm, the Minnesota State Commissioner of Health, as well as Governor Walls to try and understand how Mayo Clinic could best contribute to the state's needs. And just a week ago this last Saturday, we really got into a series of intensive discussions with state leadership around how Mayo Clinic could come together with the University of Minnesota to really stand up a testing capacity for the state in coordination with the other health systems. So really, was, is there a way that Mayo Clinic and the University of Minnesota could help essentially jumpstart a state plan to increase testing across the state and involving all the health systems. And so that came to fruition. I'm learning a lot with all these different stakeholders, including the state government. Uh, it took a lot of discussions, a lot of work by my colleague, Scott Beck, the senior vice president of Mayo Clinic Labs and my administrative colleague to put together the operational plans because what happened over the weekend was an agreement to work on this together. Dr. Fruja and Andrea Walsh uh, from Health Partners had to work with their other CEO colleagues in the state to make sure they were all willing to buy into a state plan. Once we got the conceptual agreement, then of course it pivoted to how do you actually create the system. That's really been the yeoman's work since. So interestingly, it, it was, you know, had to also go through a state legislature. So Governor Walls was appropriated funds for his discretionary use to battle COVID by the state legislature, but he still has to have legislative approval to access those funds at the level um, that he wanted to support the University of Minnesota Mayo in this effort. So had to work through all those things in addition to put together a plan, kind of was back and forth of whether it was all going to come together. Then on Wednesday morning, we actually reached an agreement across the state that Governor Walls was comfortable with. Uh, that was around 11.30 in the morning. And we got a call from Dr. Frugia saying he was gonna sign off on it. And that uh, Mayo leadership wanted me to participate in the press conference. So I was getting ready for a Zoom conference. I thought I'm gonna have to change my tie and stuff because I'd ridden my bike into work. So I was, uh, I was in scrubs at the time. And they said, well, yeah, no, you're going to have to get up to the Twin Cities by, you know, 1.30 or so because cause it's going to be at, at uh, in St. Paul. And I was like, oh. So I had to change back into my bike clothes, ride home, get prettied up, if you will, and get in the car and get up to, to uh, St. Paul by 1.30. 
uh, it was kind of crazy. And I thought, well, if I do get pulled over, I'll actually be able to tell the state trooper I'm on my way to have a press conference with the governor. I, I thought maybe I'd get like a police escort or something. None of that happened. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so that's it. I mean, that's really the intent is for the University of Minnesota and Mayo Clinic to come together to be kind of foundational members in increasing testing for the state. The goal is 20,000 molecular tests a day and 15,000 serologic tests. And really in a way, very much in keeping with Mayo Clinic Laboratories model where we will do the testing early on, but it's really to help other health systems build their capacity and be able to do the testing that they need for their patients and for their areas, but have a fail safe. Because I think many health systems are now underutilizing their capacity for fear of getting these huge backlogs. And so essentially what will happen now is that the University of Minnesota and Mayo will create sort of a safety net for the state so that we can get to that daily volume of testing. Wow, this is exciting. And obviously things are happening so quickly as we're seeing here, like the fact that you had to drive up to the cities that day to sign this agreement with the governor. So can you tell us a little bit about what are those goals? What are the desired outcomes from this new partnership? Well, there's really three intents of the partnership. Number one is to provide the state with the testing it needs to, for patient care. Number two is to provide the state the testing it needs for the public health aspects of COVID and understanding and managing the pandemic. And number three is to start to set the foundations for us to do uh, the research that we need to do as a state to be thought leaders around answering some of the key questions that are still out there for COVID. First and foremost, I think, is still the question that what is the role of serologic testing and demonstrating seroconversion mean for immunity of an individual? And some of those key questions that really a group effort will be key in answering. So those are the three kind of pillars of the agreement, if you will. The first is really standing up then the, the test, testing that the healthcare systems need for their patients. Also then working with the Department of Health on the public health aspects and defining actually with the state what elements of that they want this partnership to help lead and what elements do they want the state to Department of Health to lead, particularly when it comes to public health. So it sounds like a lot, clearly with these three different goals, what is Mayo Clinic doing and Mayo Clinic Laboratories in ramping up to be able to provide this? So really there are three elements that Mayo Clinic will be bringing to the partnership that will help drive it forward. Number one is just making our testing capacity available to the state. As I mentioned, we have been prioritizing Minnesota needs since the inception of the, or the onset, I guess I should say, of the, of the uh, outbreak. But finding ways to do that more efficiently, in particular, if there is an early outbreak or, or fears of an early outbreak, how would we pivot our capacity to really do, quote, saturation testing in that area to, to fully understand it and manage it before it becomes another outbreak? So that's one thing. So it's just our testing capacity. The second is our logistics. You know, Mayo Clinic Labs, we have all of our logistics finely tuned so that if someone sends a specimen to us from the outside world, my goal as the head of the department and the head of MCL, Mayo Clinic Laboratories, is to make that experience for any patient or provider the same as if they were working here in Rochester at Mayo Clinic. So to turn those tests around quickly. So we have a very refined operational logistical network to support that. So we understand a lot about moving specimen, specimens around, et cetera. So making that logistical expertise available to the state as it starts to build out this network, because it's one thing to say you're going to do the testing. It's another to actually, you know, get the specimen, get it in hand, 
do the testing and deliver a result back. So we have expertise with that that we're going to bring to the table. And then last but not least is that we are very focused on innovation. Uh, I mentioned the data aspects to this. We're also continuing to push the envelope on new tests and ways to improve current tests. And we intend to make those innovations both on diagnostics as well as therapeutics potentially available through this network as well. Thinking about linking into the uh, convalescent anti-plasma program, which Mayo Clinic has, has a leadership role in, and then other therapies prior to the introduction of vaccines that will probably be needed to help manage this. Well, definitely a lot going on. Thank you for providing all these updates. Now I know why I feel busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll join you next week for more updates. Thank you, Dr. Maurice. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Weeks uh, seem like months in terms of what we're getting accomplished right now. So yeah, weekly updates are good. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for tuning into Answers from the Lab. If you are interested in learning more about what we discussed in this episode, please click on the website address below. Plus, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as we will continue to provide you with Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing, science, and people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday.